Hey, I'm Drew. And I'm Tim. And this is the Hearts and Hands Podcast. In Season 2, Episode 25, we talk to Sierra Boyle about being a Christian songwriter. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Drew Sonnenberg, joined as always by my co-host, Tim Babbler. Tim, this week we got to talk to our, our good friend Sierra Boyle that we met at Songwriting Weekend a few years back, and she's recently gotten her work in front of a few more people. Um, she was part of our Bread for Beggars streaming series and also now has been just kind of sharing some of her songs um, since she's been stuck at home in quarantine and wasn't able to share them at church like she normally would. And so she's been able to to have more people hear her songs. And I think that's one of the really cool things about the kind of blessings in disguise that, as like we talked about a few weeks back, that I've seen through COVID. Won't you say, Tim? Yeah, and I think that's one of those things where maybe we're we're expanding our audience, and where we we're used to certain people hearing us, and it's in person and whatever else. But people have been forced to do some creative things and maybe get outside of their comfort zone and really put themselves out there and just share with more people. And doing things like Bread for Beggars was doing with that online festival was really awesome because I got to hear from so many more people that I've never actually heard in person before. And I don't know when I would actually get the chance to hear them in person. But now I'm, I'm hearing more and I'm seeing more. And it's allowing us to present more people as a, hey, listeners, go check these guys out because they're really cool. Yeah. And I think it's been pushing artists a little bit outside of their comfort zone, maybe like Sierra mentions in when we talk to her in a little bit here that, you know, normally she would just be sharing this at her church, but now she's a little more willing to share it online um, just because she has no other options really. And so it's kind of pushed her a little bit to share when she otherwise may not have. And I think that's the case with a lot of artists nowadays. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited for you guys to hear this episode. Sierra's got a lot of cool things to to share, and she talks about her process. Let's get to that uh, interview now. Today, we're excited to welcome our good friend, Sierra Boyle, to the podcast. Welcome, Sierra. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. How are y'all? We're good. We're good. Sierra, for our, our listeners who may not be familiar with you, could you briefly introduce yourself? Sure. Um, I'm Sierra Boyle. I'm a singer-songwriter out of Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Um, I'm a wife and a mother of two children. I'm a full-time stay-at-home mom, and I help with some of the worship music at um, Shepherd of the Hills Lutheran Church in Knoxville. So uh, I asked Sierra to come on the show today. Uh, we, I got a chance to meet her a few years ago at one of the songwriting weekends that uh, Drew's Church Illumin hosts. Uh, Sierra, can you just talk a little bit about that experience for you and what that was like to be a part of uh, the songwriting weekend experience? Oh, absolutely. Um, it was actually, it was really great. The first year, I think we met on the first year, Tim. Yeah. And that was a huge eye opener for me. Um, as a songwriter, sometimes it can be a super personal experience and something like you don't really talk about with people. So to have that, the opportunity to have a group setting to talk about how you write and what you write and what, what kind of tools you use when you're researching the lyrics and what kind of 
you know, music you're putting with the background, what it all means. Uh, it was really helpful as a songwriter, and I, I really didn't, I really enjoyed it. So, Sierra, you're you're kind of you, somewhat unique in that you write almost exclusively Christian music, music that points people very directly and explicitly to to Christ, um, and that's something that's not super common uh, um, in our circles. Uh, but could you talk a little bit about what made you decide to do that with your songwriting, to to take it and just always be pointing people to Christ? Sure. It's actually a funny thing. Well, to me now, looking back, originally I was not a Christian artist. I was kind of raised with a classical background, and I wanted, just like any other young girl, to be famous and <laughs> do the pop star thing. And I thought I was going to be super cool and had multiple opportunities to do auditions and got some wonderful opportunities with that kind of music but as I began writing non-Christian music I realized very fast that the only thing that was coming out of my mouth was Christian music I could not I couldn't connect with anything else and kind of spent a couple years meditating and praying on that and found that God really only spoke to me that way through music so yeah that was kind of it wasn't I always tell people it wasn't really my choice but I'm glad that that's what I was given. You know, I, I consider it a gift for sure. How do you feel that your experience writing music brings you closer to God? I feel like a, for a long time, I was more of like a non-denominational writer. A lot of my my music was not very solid with what I like to think is the correct doctrine. So once I started diving deeper into my faith... I feel like one of the only ways that I really connected with God was through music. And I felt like with, you know, putting the words, his words through the Bible in my own words was a great way for me to connect just with understanding what he was trying to say. You kind of touched on this a little bit, but uh, as you are writing a song, what what kind of process, especially as it, as it pertains to like digging into scripture and, and how, how do you go about writing a song and researching it and what what's your process like well I think it's different for every song sometimes I'm a very emotional writer so if I'm going through something personally in my life I always like to refer to the bible of course for guidance so you know that kind of pushes me in what direction I'm going to write but a lot most of it comes from actually the pastors in my life so like when I was a part of Peace Lutheran in Aiken, South Carolina, Pastor Borman there, whenever he would speak and it would really be like thought provoking, I would go home and research it and then write about it. And the same with Pastor Hendricks here in uh, in Knoxville. So I just, I kind of pull from there and then, you know, go through the Bible and see, you know, it's kind of silly. It sounds, I mean, it sounds kind of silly to me, but um, I look for rhyming schemes within the passages and then see if I can kind of make sense of what the Bible was saying in like simpler thought patterns. Recently, Sierra, you've been putting a few of your uh, newly written songs on Facebook. And what kind of response have you gotten from that? And how do you feel like that maybe encourages you to continue doing what you're doing? Yeah, I've been, I've been really enjoying that, doing that. I haven't 
typically in the past ever done that. I'm kind of more of the artist that just wants to sing at church because I don't want to glorify myself in the music that I'm writing. It's all for God and for Jesus. Like I, I don't want to gain anything from that. So um, as we went into this season of COVID-19, I felt like it was extremely important to still be communicating with the congregation that, you know, music can get us through these kind of moments. And I feel like people have really been positive. Sometimes I wish people would be like, I don't like that lyric. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like give me some kind of like criticism, but it's been all really positive and it's been fun. It's kind of eye-opening like to see that people actually are listening to you through the, the internet, which, you know, to me, no, I think nobody looks at my stuff, you know. So you, you kind of mentioned there that sometimes you, you wish someone would just say, like, I didn't like that or I don't like those lyrics or something like that. What do you, do you have someone you do go to for feedback or for like constructive criticism? Or? Oh, absolutely. Yes. So first and foremost, my husband, <laughs> he is my biggest supporter, but um, he will also be like, really like you need to think that through and let's pray on this one lyric and see why God led you to say that one thing. And, you know, he's very supportive. And then uh, my best friend, Melanie Borman, she, she really helps me a lot. She's amazing with lyrics herself. So to have somebody that understands what you're trying to do, that helps a lot. Yeah. I mean, my mom, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much an open book. So the people that are listening to my music, I've kind of heard it before I put it out there Sure. in some aspects. So, Do you find that uh, you're gaining maybe new followers or things like that just from people sharing what what you put out there? I mean, whether it's from uh, song, Songwriting Weekend when we have even Talent Show or uh, the new song debut, that gets put out by someone that's not yourself or shared by another group or another another person. You, you did that one concert with Bread for Beggars with uh, Sarah Zietlow or Sarah Henrich. And do you find that people are maybe turning for the first time towards wanting to hear more because they see you in in one of these things? I do. I actually, I found it. I always am kind of, I'm the person that's always going through my friends list on Facebook and kind of like cleaning out the cobwebs. Like, okay, I (laughs) I haven't talked to you in 12 years. I probably need to not like, we don't really need to see each other's kids. And that sounds terrible, but I just try to keep it fresh and make sure that I'm communicating with people that I want to be in my life and in my family's life. But I've noticed that since putting music out there, a lot of Lutherans have stepped forward and are saying things like, okay, we really like this. We're really interested in what you're doing. And a lot of Lutheran leadership has stepped forward and, and said they liked my music, which is really nice. Yeah, that is really cool. What would you say is... And this is maybe putting you on the spot here, and you can think about it. But what would you say is your favorite song that you've written? Because a lot of times I look back at songs that I've written, and I'm just like, eh, that was just whatever. Oh, but I, I, feel like, I feel like there's <laughs> one, right? There's got to be one that you're like, this is my proudest accomplishment as a songwriter, and here's why. So I think that it's funny, because I thought you were going to say, like, what's your favorite song just in general? And I was like, no, this is not <laughs> <laughs> No, I think it's pretty easy for me to say that the the first year at Illumin, I wrote the song Never Ending. Yeah. yeah. And um, that's definitely my favorite. And I think a lot of thoughts go into why that's my favorite. I think the first was 
the environment. I was so energized and I felt so great about having like people to bounce questions off and just get feedback. And I felt like that was such an eye opener that I really like stepped into who I was as an artist. And I think I also accepted on that week that like everyone has a sound and not to try to do something that sounds cool to someone else, but just be true to yourself and the connection that you have with God. And like, whatever that is, is going to be beautiful as long as it's, it's to glorify him. So along the same way, do you find yourself mimicking the styles of, of maybe some of those artists that you do hear on the radio, or do you try to stick true to, to your unique sound? Yeah, I think I definitely try to stick to my sound. I purposefully do not use the language of people that are on the radio just because I feel like a lot of it is not like really deep. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to discredit what they're doing. I just think it's more for the masses. And what I'm doing is I want to reach that one person that doesn't understand what's being said in church on Sunday. I want to reach them through song and like be actually saying what the pastor's saying and in a different way, but in still the correct form. Sure. And maybe to go back to what you had said before, a lot of times I find myself being like, oh man, that's a really cool idea. I wonder how that could look like in a song. But then I never do anything with it. How do you find yourself to stay motivated to follow through with an idea or whether you're in that emotional state and you just want to express your feelings or you're reading scripture and something strikes you in a particular way? What's your motivation to follow through? Like I said before, like I'm, I'm a very emotional writer. So the motivation actually just kind of happens for me. I don't know that I really necessarily have to push. I have had a couple of years in my life, like when I was deciding to become a Christian, a full-time Christian artist, I've had times where like the motivation wasn't there, but I think it was more because I don't think I was doing things for the right reason. So, so yeah, I mean, if I have to push, it's really like, okay, this needs to be done. This needs to be said. Like, if I have a timeline, of course, I'll push. But motivation really happens. I'm just, I just am a motivated writer, I guess. That's good. I wish, man, sometimes, well, I, I'm definitely externally motivated. Like, if I have a deadline, mm-hmm. I'm going to get it done by the deadline, but not before. Right. I, I struggle with that internal motivation. So I just wondered if you had any secrets for me. <laughs> well, I don't know if there's a secret necessarily. I just, um, I guess... Being home, too, like, now that I'm not so busy because I'm home all the time with COVID, it's like, I'm like, okay, well, I definitely have extra time to do, to do this. I just need to do it. You know, I guess when you're busy and life just happens, you just have to really, like, if a priority is to spend time with God, you can, you know, you can take some of that time, like, when you're doing devotion or or just reading through the scriptures in general, and you can just say, okay, I'm going to devote this time that I've set aside to be with him and to understand more of this, and I'm going to turn some of this time to music because this is important. So you mentioned how your inspiration kind of comes in waves, and it's based on maybe a message from pastor or a specific verse in scripture. Have you ever given thought to the idea of putting together like a thematic album of I want to write an album and all these songs, I want to fit this theme. Or do you just want to keep writing until maybe you have enough songs to put them together? Oh, that's a good question. I would love to do a themed album. I think that's great. But, I mean, I guess it would kind of depend on the season that I was in. I mean, 
I guess you could do that, but then it wouldn't really apply to like full-time congregational use. Sure. So I would be hesitant to do that just because of that. But yeah, I think as it like just for fun, I think that would be great. So my question along with that then is, would you feel like having a theme for multiple songs is too restricting for your creativity or do you think that it helps you to focus? I think it, it definitely would help my focus. You know, if somebody was like, well, we're doing a series on songs. Can you write, you know, 10 songs? I would be so, like, well, okay, here's my goal. And this is the only thing I'm able to write on. Yeah. So it, would, it would definitely help my focus. But yeah, if that was like a, a congregational goal, for sure. I think that would be great. Yeah. So one of the things that I, I keep hearing in your answers is, your goal is to write music for the church to sing, for people to, to sing along with. That will touch them emotionally, but also allows them to express their heart. How is writing a song for church different than writing a song just for people to listen to? Yeah, it's ex- I, I love that question. Um, it's extremely difficult for me, and um, I think like that is my goal as as a songwriter for the church to do congregational music but um it is extremely it's just terribly difficult you can't write anything that's like vocally challenging as well as you know you just want it to be for lack of better words singable so for me as a singer first in my earlier life it's it's hard for me to pull back and not do crazy notes or odd rhythms I still work on that every day and sometimes I call myself a coffee house Christian singer because some of my music is not singable for a congregation for sure hmm. so we we've asked a, a few of our guests uh, some version of this question before but I'm always curious to hear what people's answers are how do you how, when you're writing a song how do you know when it's done when it's ready for the hmm. congregation to use Oh, that's a good question. Well, I always start with like a very simple format of what I want the song to be. So if it's going to have a bridge, I already know that before I'm writing the song. Or if it's going to not have a bridge, if it's just going to be like a very traditional um, verse, chorus, verse, chorus type of song, I already know that. So that kind of helps me, you know, pre-plan. And as I have, you know, my plan out and I've written everything down then I can go back and edit but the basic structure of each song that I'm writing is already planned out in my mind before I start writing it sure so then when once you kind of fill in that structure how how do you know when you're done like tweaking it like uh, if you like aren't sure about one line or something how do how do you determine okay it's ready it's done oh yeah so I definitely consult my friends that I was telling you about, you know, I consult my husband. Um, and I don't, I don't know that I necessarily have a lot of those moments, but sometimes you just know like this, the rhyming pattern works, the syllables fit and it just feels complete. But other times there could be something off or, you know, that there's a better word. You just can't think of it. So I seek advice from people that I know care about what I'm doing, that they care about what I'm doing, you know? So I think what I have is a two-part question, and I'm going to ask the first part first. You have kids, right, Sierra? Yes, I do. How do you see your kids responding to your music, whether it's while you're writing or after when you show it to them and they get to listen to it? 
Um, I think it's both for my kids. So both of my kids are very musical. Um, I'm already trying to teach them instruments and um, my son, especially who's 10 is already playing violin, guitar and ukulele and he's working on piano. So they're always involved in the process. And when I'm writing a song, I try to say to them, do you want to help me? Yeah. Do you think this feels right? What word could we use here? Because I want them to, you know, that's the way I communicate scripture with my kids. Sean can sit, my husband can sit down and read a passage to them and explain for them word for word what is happening. And for me, scripture is kind of like, you know, I have to paint a picture in my mind. And that's how I communicate with my kids. Scripture. Sure. So. So, and then my second kind of follow-up question for this is the way we present ourselves in, in a form of art, whether it's music or painting or writing, um, is one of those things that is long-lasting. I mean, we have, we have music from decades ago, even centuries ago. We have uh, art and sculptures from, from so long ago, and people are going to see these things long after we're gone. And what's, I guess, your main goal for, let's say it's 150 years from now and someone happens to be across your song on YouTube, like what would be your main goal that you wish they would get out of it? Um, I would hope that lyrically that everything's correct still, like the doctrine was clear. Mm -hmm. That would be my biggest goal. And I think that's what I struggle most with just being such an emotional, emotionally drawn person. I don't always speak clearly when I'm trying to put together a song and it takes a lot of effort to tweak that. So I, yeah, that would be my biggest hope that that was super clear still. Yeah. Well, Sierra, we want to thank you again so much for taking the time to talk to us today. It was an absolute pleasure to have you. Oh, thank you for having me. This has been Really fun and a lot easier than I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for our listeners who, who maybe haven't heard your songs yet, where, is there somewhere we can point them where they can listen to some of your stuff? Um, probably my Facebook page. I have a music page that's linked to my personal account, but I think most of my music is on my personal account. And also if they sent me like an email, I have a small like five track CD that I could send out. Nice. Awesome. So thanks so much for having me, guys. Yeah. That wraps it up for another episode of the podcast. If you're uh, an artist like Sierra and you want to come on and talk about your process, or if you don't want to, but you, you feel like it would push you outside your comfort zone just a little bit, we'd love to talk to you. We love meeting new artists and hearing about their process and, and what goes into the art that they make. So if that's you, feel free to reach out to us at heartsandhandspodcast at gmail.com or on any social media platform at Wells Creatives. And a huge thank you to our patrons at patreon.com slash heartsandhandspodcast. Uh, you allow us to continue the production of this podcast, uh, covering all hosting fees and things like that. So thank you so much for your support. And if any of our other listeners are looking for a way to con uh, continue to support this in the future, go ahead and check us out there. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.